The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian here with you. And uh, folks, we're going to pick up um, our program today with where we left off on the last show and actually in the last couple of shows that I've done for you, um, highlighting and going over and focusing on a brand new presentation that uh, I've put together from our ministry <clears throat> that is titled Hated for the Cause of Christ. This is um, so heavily on my heart, church, about what is happening in the world today and what is not being spoken of in the church uh, and a lot of the lies that are being spoken uh, regarding not only Christian persecution uh, and, and, and the undercovering of Christian persecution, but the hyping and the false narrative of Muslim persecution and Islamophobia, particularly in the West. And um, this is critical to the mission of the church, because as we went over in the other programs, uh, and, and I covered for you both in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, 2 Timothy 3, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, and many other passages, including John fifteen eighteen, is where, which is where I got the title for the presentation, Hated for the Cause of Christ, where Jesus promised us that if uh, we are His we belong to him, and we're not of the world, or the world will hate us. Because he has brought us out of the world, the world will hate us, and they will not embrace us as its own. So we are seeing that as the um, as, as as Islam is rising in the world, and, and, and again, I encourage you to hopefully uh, get a chance to listen to the previous programs that we've done. As Islam is rising in the world, uh, we're going to see a, a rise of, of global Christian persecution, as we have. We're going to see a rise of anti-Semitism, which I'm going to spell out for you here on the program today. Why these things are going to happen uh, from Islamic sources, from Islamic texts, why is this going to happen? And and also, we are seeing silence in the face of evil, because we're seeing that as as, as the more we have a compromised church that is falling away from the faith, that is um, rejecting the faith. Second Timothy four one through two, speaking of the latter days and what is going to happen in the latter days, and uh, the fact that there's going to be those who are following doctrines of uh, demons and deceitful spirits. Um, uh, and in fact, uh, give me a minute here. I'm going to read this verse for you because I, I want you to understand the gravity. Uh, I'm sorry, First Timothy chapter four, verse one through two. I mistakenly said Second Timothy. So First Timothy four. One through two, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. So the Holy Spirit is telling us that in the last days there are going to be those who are believers, who are in Christ, that are going to walk away from the faith. Now, not necessarily losing their salvation per se, but they're going to walk away from obedience to the faith and obedience to Christ. And why are they walking away? Because they're paying attention and they're following and succumbing to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And that's what we see with so much of what's happening, whether it's with the interfaith dialogue, with the likes of James White, with the likes of 
uh, all those who support James White, like Justin Peters and uh, Phil Johnson, whether it's it's those who um, are are uh, within the mainline denominational churches that are inviting all these Muslims in, uh, whether it's is it's the compromise on the issue of marriage or sexuality, the support of the LGBT community. I read an article today from uh, a friend Rob Pugh with the Wisconsin Christian News, uh, who. Uh, put forth a statistic that uh, 67%, 67% of professing Christians now support the LGBTQ agenda and, and movement. So that's the majority of the church. Two-thirds of the church of, of professing Christians are supporting this doctrine of demons, that homosexuality is, is, is of God or that it's the way people are born, it's the way they are. And that we should be embracing of it. So this is really an epidemic that we see happening in the church today. And I think the most egregious area is in the area of persecution because we have had so many brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the decades and centuries and even two millennia who have suffered so harshly for the cause of Christ, been martyred for the sake of Christ. And if we do not pay attention and bring light to this, we are not only dishonoring their service, but we're dishonoring the Lord who himself was martyred for us, who himself walked the road of martyrdom and and paid the ultimate price. So let's jump in where we left off on the last program. I left off talking to you about some staggering numbers. And the numbers are staggering because... Nobody wants to, well, first of all, nobody wants to acknowledge them. There, there's a really a denial happening about the numbers. And they're staggering because it's hard for us to fathom these numbers. I was highlighting for you an article that I will um, come back to in a minute here from our friend Leo Homan at leohoman.com. Uh, this is the title of the article, Media Ignores Latest Wave of Horrific Attacks on Christians Around the World. So I was highlighting for you that in 2018 alone, and we're only halfway through the year, this is only in the country of Nigeria. According to persecution websites like persecution.org and Barnabas Fund and opendoors.org, this year alone, more than 6,000 Christians have been martyred, killed, butchered by Islamic militants for their faith in Christ. Then this is happening at the hands of groups like Islamic Fulani Herdsmen or the Boko Haram or Al-Shabaab. Um, this is a um, epidemic. And this is only, those numbers are only ha- in one country, Nigeria. We're not counting the other countries that we're going to highlight here in a minute. So we are in the midst of a global epidemic, which is the persecution of Christians. According to Website, websites like Save, uh, SaveThePersecutedChristians.org. And again, remember that on our website, TillProject.com, under the media, when, you, when you're going to, if you're listening to this radio show, on our website, you will see down below the links. If you're on Brandon's website, Worldview Weekend, um, the, 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 uh, you need to come back to our page. I don't think he usually puts the links there. So you need to come back to TILProject.com and look up the links. Save the Persecuted Christians um, and the uh, Center for the Study of Global Christianity, the Center for the Study of Global Christianity, both links that I put, 
have done extensive research on Christian martyrdom, historically and contemporary. And they're estimating the numbers between 2005 and 2015 that there were a total of 900 Christians martyred worldwide. That is an average of 90,000 per year. 90,000. Now, if you look at Open Doors USA's numbers, where they say that maybe there was 1,500 to 2,000 killed a year, and I think those numbers are extremely, extremely off and low, then this number seems unfathomable. Seems like it's not, it's not possible. But if you look at the recent numbers that are coming in, from Nigeria alone, 6,000 in only half a year. So even if that trend was to continue and you had 12,000 from Nigeria in one year, now the number of 90,000 per year seems very likely. When you think about Pakistan, when you think about Kenya, when you think about the Sudan, when you think about North Korea, when you think about Afghanistan, Iran, Saudi, when you think about all across the Middle East and North Africa and in North Korea, now the number of 90,000 per year seems much more likely. And if we extrapolate the, the 90,000 per year now from 2005 to 2017 to get us up to date, not knowing the full numbers for 2018, now we're talking about 1.1 million, almost 1.1 million Christians martyred. And that's why I said on the last program, and I've continued to say in this presentation, we are talking about genocide of historic proportions, genocide of Christians in historic proportions. So, there must be light on this subject. There must be. We must bring attention to this subject. Now, the uh, uh, sources that I have given you, um, that I've tried to bring you know, uh, for you, again, I, I've listed lots of different websites, uh, including savethepersecutedchristian.org, including rescuechristians.org, rescuechristians.org, that highlights... Um, various attacks. I highlighted for you a website last time called the religion of peace.com where they go through and they list Islamic terror attacks, particularly against Christians, uh, attack city, how many were killed, how many were injured, the description. Um, it's not something that you want to, uh, you know, read. It's not something that you want to read every day and focus on every day. But it's something that we must know about and know what's going on, right? We cannot turn a blind eye to the suffering of our brothers and sisters in Christ and the growing global Christian persecution happening in Europe and in the West. Religionofpeace.com, again, thereligionofpeace.com, excellent, excellent resource and website. And they track every Islamic attack around the world in the name of Islam, against all people groups, but including against Christians. Now, what I want to focus on here is let's quickly talk about, again, the list of nations according to opendoorsusa.org, the list of nations who are the worst perpetrators of Christians and, to some extent, Jews, but in this case, Christians. So I'm going to the map. The tw It's called the World Watch List, 2018 World Watch List, Okay. And of the top 15 countries, so let's tackle the top 15 first, of the top 15 countries persecuting and killing um, 
Christians, 14, 14 are Islamic. Okay, so 14 out of the top 15 countries killing and persecuting Christians are Islamic. And I think last time I went through the list, but I'll, I'll go through it again. The only country on that list that is not is North Korea. It gets a score of 94 out of 100, and it's under the, the source of communist and post-communist oppression. Okay? Obviously, there is no religion. It's atheist, but that's the only the one. Second on the list is Afghanistan, 93 out of 100. Third, Somalia, 91 out of 100. Fourth, Sudan, 87 out of 100. Fifth, Pakistan, 86 out of 100. Sixth, Eritrea, 86 out of 100. Seventh, Libya. Eight, Iraq. Nine, Yemen. Ten, Iran. Um, Eleven, India. Twelve, Saudi Arabia. Thirteen, uh, Maldives. Fourteen, Nigeria. Fifteen, Syria. Now, stop there at 15, okay? Of those countries... The only one that is under anything but Islam is North Korea. Afghanistan, Islam. Somalia, Islam. Sudan, Islam. Pakistan, Islam. Um, Eritrea, it, predominantly Islam. There are some Christians, obviously, that are predominantly Islam. Libya, Islam. Iraq, Islam. Yemen, Islam. Iran, Islam. Now, let me let me tackle India. I remember I covered India last time. I'll, I'll, I'll cover that again. That's a little bit of a unique one there. Saudi, Islam, Maldives, Islam, Nigeria, now predominantly Islam. Remember, Nigeria was predominantly a Christian country, but now it is marginally majority Muslim populated, which means that Islam has gone to the upper hand, upper house, and they have control. Uh, Syria, Islam. If I go down the list, 16, Uzbekistan, Islam. 17, Egypt, Islam. 19, Turkmenistan, Islam. Uh, Jordan, number 21, Islam. 22, Tajikistan, Islam. 23, Malaysia, Islam. Um, number 26, Brunei. Number 27, Qatar. Number 28, Kazakhstan. All Islam. Tunisia, Turkey, number 30, 31. By the way, keep an eye on Turkey. It's going to go up the list. Uh, Islam. Kenya. You have Kuwait. Central African Republic. Palestinian Authority. Territory, uh, Mali, Indonesia, United Arab Emirates, number 40 on the list, Bangladesh, number 41, Algeria, 42, uh, China's on the list of 43, you have Oman, 46, Mauritania, 47, Bahrain, 48, uh, ending with Djibouti from Africa, is controlled by Islam, 50. So of the top 50 countries now, that are persecuting and killing Christians, 38 of those countries are governed or controlled by Islam. So 38 of the 50 countries, the number one source of persecution is Islamic oppression, according to Open Doors USA. So who is the greatest culprit and perpetrator of Islamic persecution? I'm sorry, let me say that again. Who is the greatest and worst perpetrator of persecution against Christians, Muslims, Islam. That is an undeniable fact. There is nothing that any apologist, any any uh, 
deceiver of the Muslim Brotherhood or any any Christian apologist that wants to defend Islam or apologize for Islam or claim that, you know, we're an epidemic of Islamophobia. Nothing they say can supplant the pure information, pure factual information that the worst perpetrator of Christians are Muslims is Islam. And what I'm about to show you is historically that's the case as well. Not just today. Okay? Why is Islam that perpetrator? And by the way, some good news. We see in the midst of the greatest, potentially the greatest persecution of Christians in church history, we see an amazing move of God. When you look at what's happening in even some of the refugee camps, when you look at what's happening in Iran, here's an article from a website called Muhabbat News, which Muhabbat in Farsi means um, kindness. It's an Iranian Christian news agency, and it tracks. And here's an article from August 11, 2017. Islamic clerics warn against spread of Christianity in the most Islamic city in Iran, in Rom, Iran. Why is that being warned? Because of the spread of Christianity. Christianity is spreading so fast in Iran that the Islamic clerics are warning, trying to scare, threaten everything they can to stop the spread, which they cannot because guess what, folks? God is in control. The God of the Bible, the God of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name is Jehovah. His name is Yahweh. He is powerful. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. And he is doing a mighty work. And Iran right now numerically has been, continues to be numerically per capita, that is, the fastest-growing church in the world. China has a huge growth of Christians. Iran is right there. And numerically per capita is the fastest-growing church in the world. So in the midst of this tremendous, horrific persecution, we are seeing a tremendous power and move of God. And that's how God works, because everything that Satan intends for evil, God turns and can use for his good and his glory. Uh, and, and so amen to that. So I just want to encourage you with that. In the midst of this difficult news, we have this good news. But let's define why it is that, and as I said this on the last program, the more we see the rise of a fundamentalist Islam that is under the control of um, those clerics and the teaching consistent with Muhammad, whether the Shafia school of Islam and the Sunni school, whether the Hanbali school, which is Wahhabism or Salafism, or whether you see it on the Shia side in the Jafia school, you see a movement towards um, uh, uh, observing what Muhammad did, said, lived, acted, breathed. Um, it is it, it is it is to move in the traditions of Muhammad. That's the Shafia school. The Hanbali school is to move in the literal actions of Muhammad. And that's what you see with Wahhabism and Salafism, the rise of a very strict interpretation of Islam. That's what you're seeing worldwide, including with the Muslim Brotherhood here in the West, despite what anybody would say. Why is that Islam winning the day? Because that Islam is the most consistent with Muhammad. That Islam is the most consistent with what Muhammad did, what Muhammad taught, what Muhammad said, what Muhammad acted upon. Uh, it is consistent. It is Sunnah. Remember, Sunnah means the practice. So 
in order to understand why Christians, particularly, and Jews, are in the crosshair. So the more the glo- Islam rises globally, the more nations like Iran and Pakistan and Turkey and Saudi and Egypt and Tunisia and Libya, uh, Syria, Jordan, the more they are moving towards a fundamental Islam and not a uh, secular version uh, of, of so-called version of Islam, the more you're going to see the uptick and the increase of persecution like we are in Turkey. Why? Well, there's two reasons. One is, again, because Islam is the final religion as 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 defined in the Quran, in the Sunnah by Muhammad, and in the Reliance of the Traveler, section W, 4.01 and 2. Remember that, that, that the Sharia law manual, Reliance of the Traveler, says very clearly, Islam is the final religion, and all of the religions that have that come after it are fake, and all the religions that come before it, like Judaism and Christianity, have been nullified, abrogated, meaning changed or or done away with. They're nullified, and they are now remnant cults. That is the direct language used by the Sharia law ruling. The Sharia ru- ruling says that Christianity and Judaism are nullified, and they are a cult. And so as such, because Islam and Muslims view Christians as polytheists, as the worst of sinners because they think we believe in three gods, they must wage war against us to bring us out of that polytheism as as Muhammad waged war against Mecca when he went to Medina to destroy the polytheism in Mecca. And so again, what they are doing is exactly what Muhammad did. And, and uh, I've covered this before. I want to cover it again. What does the word jihad mean? Jihad means to war against non-Muslims. So that's the warfare. When they're warring, that's a jihad. Jihad is the term that is derived from the word mujahada. And the mujahada is the war, the warring for the mujahideen. Mujahideen are, are those fighters who wage jihad as warring against non-Muslims, non-Muslim individuals, non-Muslim countries like the U.S. or Israel or so forth and so on. So jihad is derived from the word, word mujahada, signifying warfare, again, to do what? To establish the religion of Islam. So they're trying to establish Islam as that final religion. Because that's what the teaching is. Muhammad very clearly claimed he's the final religion, the final prophet, and there's no other messenger of God or prophet that supposedly comes after him. Of course, as Christians, we should say, no, he is the false prophet because Jesus is the final messenger of God. There is no one else that comes after Jesus Christ because he has brought all revelation of us of who God is and who he is. There is no other revelation that we can accept. Now, let me read to you a verse here from Surah, from um, uh, the Hadith. Um, remember, again, we try to quote the most authenticated Hadiths. And I'm going to quote from Sahih Muslim 133. Now, Sahih means the you know authenticated, the most authenticated, because it is traced back to Muhammad directly. And Muslim is the second most quoted Hadith uh, behind the, the Bukhari. And uh, in verse one. 33, it says this, and this is Muhammad talking. It says, the messenger of Allah has said, I have been commanded, by who? By Allah, to fight against people until they testify that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. So let me repeat that just one more time, okay? Um, Hopefully you heard it all the way through. 
So Muhammad himself has said that he has been commanded to fight against people until they testify that there's no God but Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Now, that is what's called the shahada. That is what is called the profession of faith. So Muhammad has told his followers in the sunnah, in the hadith, that they are to copy him. Because if he's been commanded by Allah to fight against those people, the unbelievers, non-Muslims, until they pray the shahada. And if they pray the shahada, they convert. Does that make sense, church? They convert. And if they don't convert, they have to be fought against. They're in a constant, Muslims are in a constant state of war. So if Muhammad has been fighting this, and if Muhammad fought it literally, then we know that Muslims must copy Muhammad. They must emulate him. Does that make sense? So jihad, the reason that we're going to see a massive increase and continue to see, I should say, a massive increase in violence and persecution and and, and killing against Christians is because Muhammad himself warred against the people of the book, Jews and Christians. So therefore, all Muslims are to do this for all time until jihad ends. And when is jihad going to end? Jihad is going to end when they believe the Jesus of the Quran is going to return. Now, Muhammad also said, according to Allah in Surah chapter 8, verse 12, and I want to read this for you here very quickly. Surah chapter 8, verse 12, he uh, talks about that Allah is going to cause terror in the hearts of the unbelievers. So let me get here really quick. Be patient with me in Surah 8, in verse 12. Here we go. It says, When your Lord revealed to the angels, I am with you, so make firm those who believed, meaning Muslims. I will cast the terror into the hearts of those who became became infidels, the unbelievers. So strike above their necks, meaning to decapitate them, and strike off or chop off every finger from them. This is because they have opposed Allah and his messenger. So why would Allah be waging terror and call upon his followers, the Muslims, to wage terror? How many times have you heard people say oh, the, oh, the word terror? There's no word in the Quran about terrorism, terror. That's just, that's just a lie. So the reason that Muslims must wage war and cause terror, as much mayhem and terror in the hearts of infidels or unbelievers, and of course the largest group of non-Muslims in the world are Christians, is because they've been commanded to by their God, their false satanic God Allah, and by their false satanically inspired prophet Muhammad, who himself said he's going to do it until people repent and 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 pray the shahada and, and, and come to uh, Islam. So this is why jihad matters. This is why definitions matter. This is why we must understand ideology. If we don't understand ideology, we don't understand the correlation of why are we seeing this massive increase of Christian persecution around the world and why is Islam the number one perpetrator. It's not because of terrorism. It's not because of radical groups. It is because this is fundamental to the core of Islam that it must war against non-Muslims until they either repent or are killed eventually. And this is called the lesser jihad. So when we come back on the program next time, I will define for you 
the lesser jihad, the greater jihad, and, and the teachings of Islam of how this jihad is going to continue until Jesus Christ comes back. Thank you for being with us today. Pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ and pray that God will strengthen his church here in America for us to stand under the growing persecution so we'd be faithful for the cause of Christ. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Visit our website. Uh, please get resources and materials if you're able to and share them to wake up as many of our brothers and sisters as possible. And we'll see you on the program next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.